This week's parsha, Parshat Kitetze, is famous for being the parsha with the most mitzvot recorded in it. Um, the style of shiurim that uh, I'm used to giving demands that I should try to give some sort of overview of all those mitzvot, but even here I believe I'm stumped, and uh, I will go to a different approach for this parsha, and we will focus on a specific mitzvah that comes up in the parsha. Uh, that's, that being said, uh, we will try to give an overview of this particular mitzvah in the parsha as it appears in different ways in Tanakh. Uh, this mitzvah is the mitzvah of Yibum, which has uh, additional significance on two levels. Um, the Daf Yomi has been learning Masachat Yevamot um, since Lamed Bet Ba'omer, and will be shortly finishing Masachat Yevamot. And additionally, for personal reasons, the Mitzvah Yibum has a special significance. Uh, as the regular listeners might uh, recall, uh, my grandmother was a Yevama, my grandfather was a Yavam, um, and therefore, uh, in that in that vein, choosing this mitzvah from the parsha seems a, a good choice. It's the th- uh, one of the last mitzvot in the parsha, Perak Hafei of Sefer Dvarim, twenty fifth chapter, pasuk hey. The Torah reads as following: Ki eshvu achim yachtav, umet achad mehem, uvein ein lo. In a loose translation, when brothers dwell together and one of them dies without a son, um, Tarshbal Pet teaches us that this is not specifically referring to a son as opposed to a daughter. Um, the word ben. In, in, in uh, Hebrew can at times refer to a son to the exclusion of a daughter and at times can refer to the word child in this case the, the second has been chosen as the appropriate understanding of the pasuk a person with a daughter does not go through the procedure of Yibum or Chalitza or his wife more correctly doesn't go through that procedure so again if he dies without children the wife of the deceased will not uh, become the wife of some other person. Rather, her Yavam, one of the brothers, will come upon her and take her as her as his wife. What what is the purpose of this? The firstborn that she will give birth to will come up instead of the dead brother, the, the widow's husband, and his name will not be wiped out from Israel. The assumption being that a person dying without children, his name is wiped out, and this is a way, despite the fact that this person died without, without any children, this procedure of Yevama is a way of not erasing his name from Israel. Vim what happens if the brother does not want to take his deceased brother's wife as his wife? What happens? 
the Yevama, the widow, who has this connection to the brothers, goes to the place where the Beitin, this Kenim, sit, and says to them, my Yavam, my deceased husband's brother, refuses to establish a name for his deceased brother, and his, does not want to take me as his Yevama. The Karulo and this Kenim, the Beitin, call the brother, and they say to him, and he says, I really do not want to take her as my wife. She goes up to the brother in front of the Beitin, and she takes off his shoe and spits in his face. And she says, this is what is done to the person who will not build his brother's house. And his name is called, amongst uh, his, his, his fellow Jews, the house of the shoe that was removed. There are two major components here within the technical actions that are taking place amongst the potential halachot surrounding this issue. If a person dies, a married person dies without children, a man, a a married man dies without children, his brothers, or one of his brothers more more precisely, is obligated, or it is at least desirous, that he should take the deceased's wife as his own wife in order to establish a name for his brother. Doing so would be called doing Yibum, doing the mitzvah of Yibum, the commandment of Yibum, and by having a son, this son would be, in a sense, instead of the deceased brother. However, it's not necessarily the case that the, the, the deceased's brothers are interested in taking a new wife. And therefore, there's an out option, the option of chalitza, where, the, as we described, the woman removes the shoe from the brother who does not want to marry her, and he, she spits in his face, in his direction more precisely, and says, this is what is done to a man who does not want to build his brother's house. If we ask ourselves, what is the purpose of mitzvah tibum? So I think um, from the parasha we can see a very clear idea of what is going on here. First of all, from the opening pasuk, as we said, we're in Dvarim Parakafe Pasukei, and this continues till Pasuk Yud. The setting for the story are brothers who are dwelling together. Who is the subject of the story? The brothers. One of those brothers die, and one of those brothers is to take his deceased brother's wife. For what purpose? Vaya Bakor Shertelad Yakum Al Shem Achiv Hamet. 
Velo shmo Israel. The purpose of the boom is for the deceased brother. The, the, the son that is born will be somehow in his place, though the pshat, the simple understanding of the psukim, imply that the new son that is, bo- that is born is actually named after the deceased brother, or in other words, his deceased uncle. However, the halakha in Torah Shabbat teaches us that that's not the obligation. Nonetheless, it is clear from the psukim that the intention is that this son from the new union somehow replaces the deceased brother and allows his, his, allows his name not to be erased. Furthermore, when we read on the Parsha and we talk about Chalitza, the option that is opted for for the brother who does not want to do Yibum, when the, the deceased's wife spits in the brother's face, she says, This is what is done to the man who does not build his brother's house. What we're focused on apparently, is the brother. The deceased brother died without any children, and we must take care of the the brother's status. His name, his name shouldn't be erased, and what a disgrace if the brother, the living brother is not willing to do ye boom to the dead brother's wife. We spit in his face. He's not willing to build his brother's house. To summarize what we've said until now, is that it seems apparent from reading the parasha here at the end of Parashat Ki that the function of mitzvah yibum is saving the name of the brother, of the deceased brother who died without any children. Somehow we need to leave him some legacy in the world. This parasha in Parashat Ki is the halachic parasha of Yibum, it describes the laws of Yibum. However, there are two and perhaps three stories of Yibum in the Tanakh. And by looking at those other stories, I believe that we can get another angle as to the idea behind Yibum. The first, the most, I should correct myself, not the first case. The most explicit case of Yibum is in Parashat Vayeshev, in Sefer Bereshit, in the book of Genesis, concerning Yehuda and his sons and Tamar, his daughter-in-law. The Torah tells us that Yehuda gets married, he has a son, Er, and that his son, Er, marries a woman named Tamar. Er, being wicked, is killed by God. So Yehuda says to his second son, Onan, in Genesis, Bereshit, Perak Lamedchet, Pasuk Chet, Vayomer Yehuda leonan, Bo el eshet achicha, Veyabem ota, Veakem zera leachicha. Yudah says to his second son, his living son, after his first son has died, come to 
your brother's wife, and do ye boon to her. And establish a seed for your brother. Once again, we see that Yehuda is commanding his, his second son to perform the mitzvah of Yibum. And here the Ramban uh, makes a statement that apparently the idea of Yibum is an idea which predates the Torah. The Torah put some fine tunes on it and made specific demands of how mitzvah Yibum should be done. But the concept of Yibum, of establishing uh, seed or children for the deceased who did not have children, is one that predates Matan Torah. It's not a unique mitzvah that started after Matan Torah. It's a mitzvah which existed in some idea, whether as a mitzvah or a custom in the world, even previous to Mamad Har Sinai, as we see from the story of Yehuda. In any case, what is the purpose of Yehuda's second son, Onan, taking his brother's wife? Establish a seed for your brother. Okay, this is in line... Um, with the story of the, the, the parashat and the parashat kitetzeh the purpose of Yibum is the, for the deceased brother however if we look closely at the story of Tamar and Yehuda a new element comes in and, and that is the element of the widow If we go on in the story briefly recounting the main points, the second son Onan dies as well because he's not willing to um, make sure that Tamar will have children. And God kills him as well. And then at this point, Yehuda is already suspicious and he won't give his third son Shelah to Tamar. Tamar, after time goes by, realizing that something's amiss, she dresses herself up like a harlot and tricks Yehuda into having relations with her and she becomes pregnant. Without getting into too many details, Tamar, of course, gives birth to twins of Yehuda. Tamar is the heroine of the story. She feels a personal obligation to make sure that there are children here. It doesn't seem like she is motivated by her love for her first husband heir and her need to establish a seed for him. It seems like she's motivated on her own for herself. And she's the center of the story. And, 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 and the fact that she wouldn't embarrass Yehuda explicitly and, and say he was the father of the children even in f- facing the death penalty we see that she is truly the heroine of the story and we understand, we begin to understand that the child Tamar was motivated not for heir but for herself she being a widowed woman who did not have children needed to have a child from the members of her husband's family. We'll move on to another story. Megillat Root is 
less explicit that we're referring to Yibum. The word Yibum, the Shorish Yud Bet Mem, that was used in the story of Yudan and Tamar, is not used in Megillat Rut. Additionally, the characters that we're dealing with are not the brothers of the deceased. They are family members of the deceased, but not brothers. And this goes back to the point that the Ramban discusses in Parshat Vayeshev, Vayeshev that Yibum, though in the Torah is the brothers, extends in its idea to the entire family of the deceased. Now this raises halachic problems because some of the family of the deceased are prohibited from having relations with the, with the wife of the deceased. However, in the story of Ruth, we're talking about cousins. So explicitly, we're not talking about Yibum, and, and, and truthfully, the, the text of Megillat Ruth does not use the word Yibum. However, it is clear that something that relates to Yibum is being discussed here. If we look in Perak Dalid, Pasukhe, when Boaz, in his discussion with Ploni Almoni, says, by the way, Ploni Almoni, additionally to the fact that you are going to redeem the field from Naomi, you're also going to have to take root as your wife. Bayomer Boaz, Biyom Kenotcha Sadem Yad Naomi, Boaz says, on the day that you purchase the field from Naomi, Ume'eit Ruta Moavia Eshetamet Kanita, You've also purchased it from Ruth HaMoavia, who is the wife of the deceased. And this you are doing in order to establish the name of the deceased on his land. And this, we, we understand from the Psukim, implies that whoever buys the land is going to marry the wife of the deceased in order to establish a name for the dead, for the deceased. So we see here some sort of paradigm of Yibum, whether it's not the exact mitzvah of Yibum as described in the Torah, the brothers of the deceased, it's a similar idea. And here too we, ta- we are talking about Lahakim Shem Hamet al-Nachalato. We're talking about establishing the name for the deceased, which we said is the purpose of mitzvah Yibum. However, here even stronger than the story of Tamar and Yehuda. Who is Ruth's husband or first husband? Some of us who remember the details will remember that it's Machlon. We know that there are two brothers, Machlon de Chilion. One of them married Orpah, one of them married Ruth. A few of us might remember that if we read carefully, Machlon is Ruth's husband, was Ruth's first husband. Why am I saying this in this manner? Nobody cares about Machlon, really. The story of Ruth is not about Machlon. Machlon and Chilion and Elimelech were leaders of the people who left the land at a time of famine. Machlon and Chilion married non-Jewish women. They died there. The text doesn't care about Machlon's fate. Who does the text care about? Who is the text pointing to as the heroine of the story? Root. Root 
is being taken care of in the story. So while explicitly this yibum-like action is being for the purpose of lakim shem hamet al when we read between the lines, it appears that there is an additional element to yibum, and that is to take care of the deceased wife. That he died without any children, and that makes us obligated towards the wife. And if I think, if we look back at the psukim in our parsha and parshat kitetzeh, we will see that this element is apparent in the psukim as well. The woman, the, we'll start from the, the earlier point. When brothers dwell together and one of them dies without a son, the wife of the deceased is not allowed to go out to a foreign man. We are obligated towards this woman. This woman came into our family and we must take care of her. That's the first first or secondary obligation of Yibum. This woman came into our family, we have an obligation towards her. Additionally, the procedure of Chalitza. We are trying to say that the brother or brothers who refuse to marry their dead brother's wife are doing a disservice to their brother. They're, they could have established a name for their brother, and they refused to. So who are, are they disgracing? They're disgracing their own family. That being the case, I would have thought that another member of their family should spit in their face and say, you could have established a name for your brother and you didn't, you're shaming our family and they should spit in their face. The wife of the deceased is not part of the, this family, essentially. She married into the family, but the person that she married is now dead. The fact that, I believe that the fact that the wife of the deceased spits into the face of the brother who refuses to marry her is saying that the wife here is being insulted as well. Not only is the brother being insulted, but the wife has been disregarded. She should have been taken care of, according to the mitzvah of Yibum, but she was disregarded. She was pushed aside. What we're suggesting here is that there is a dual motivation for the mitzvah of Yibum. The primary motivation is taking care of the name of the deceased. And therefore, once he has no children, we have to take care of his name. However, once we are taking care of his name, a secondary motivation moves in, and that is taking care of the wife. Why do I differentiate between primary and secondary? Because it's clear. The halakha says, if a person did have a son or a daughter, there is no mitzvah yibum. 
because the 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 brother who's who passed away has someone to take care of him. He has a name. He has a child. Once the primary motivation is not there, the secondary motivation can't be enacted. And therefore, there's no worrying for the, the wife of the deceased if there were children. However, nonetheless, once the primary motivation has been enacted, there are no children, we are taking care of the name of the brother, then we are also taking care of the wife. And that is the secondary motivation of Yibum. There's one more interesting follow-up I just would like to add here. Something that I heard from Rav Meidan about the first case of Yibum. It doesn't really relate to the points that we brought up, but I think it's important if we're discussing all the parashiyot of Yibum to bring up the, the first one. We know in the story uh, the destruction of Stom Vamorah, Lot runs off to the mountains and goes into a cave with his two daughters. And then the story takes place that what we think is taking place is that the daughters of Lot thought the world was destroyed. That's how Rashi and uh, Rashbam understand. There's no man left in the world. And therefore, we should get our father drunk and have him sleep with us so that we can have a child. And maybe we'll save the world. It's interesting to know two things in that parasha. The first is, they don't say, and we'll save the world. They say, We will be able to establish a seed for our father. If they thought no one else was in the world, there would be a much grander purpose to their action. We can save the world by having children. But they say, they're only looking in some narrow thing that they can save their father's seed. Secondly, and this is Rav Meidan's uh, beautiful close reading of the Psukim. Usually in the Torah, when it talks about a man coming to a woman in a conjugal relation sense, it says, Lavo El. To come to. This unique uh, usage of the term lavo al comes up in two places. One is here, ve'ish in ba'aretz lavo aleinu, and in the parsha of Yibum, yevama yavo aleha. We can we can decipher from here that what the benot of Lot were intending to do was not save the world from utter destruction, but rather they saw that their family, their kin were destroyed, their father's family was destroyed, maybe even in a broader sense their communities were destroyed, and therefore they thought that they, there was an obligation here of Yibum to save the name of their father, their families, of their communities, and that's what they were doing here. They might have been aware, in fact, probably they were aware that other places still existed. They were going to run away to Tsar. They probably saw that Tsar was still there. Could have looked around for a few days to see if any other men still existed. They weren't interested in other men. They were interested in their father. They were interested in doing mitzvah yibum. And that's why the names of their children, Moab, from my father, Ben Ami, 
a son of my nation. Here I think it's hard to point to the point that I was discussing in the Shir um, that they were taking care of themselves. Um, it seems very clear that they are taking care of precisely what they say they are taking they are taking care of their father's seed. But it's important to point out this uh, fourth story of Ibum. I want to make one last suggestion which ties into what we discussed. We discussed for the for the bulk of this year that Ibum has two parts to it. There is the primary function of establishing a name for the deceased and the secondary function of taking care of the wife of the deceased. The first Mishnah in Masechet Yevamot discusses Tzarat Erva. If one of the if the deceased brother has two wives and one of the two wives cannot marry the brothers because she is some sort of relative of theirs, the, the Mishnah teaches us, based on uh, the Torah Shabbat Peh, that there is no mitzvah yibum in that case. Not for the relative, the wife who is related to the other brothers, and not for the second wife who is not related. If the purpose of Yibum is solely to take care of the brother, the deceased brother, what does it matter if one of the two wives cannot marry the other brothers? Let the second wife, who's not a relative, marry the brother. I'll throw out the suggestion of what we've said in the Shir. If a secondary motivation of Mitzvah Yibum is taking care of the wives, the wife of the deceased, and one of the wives here doesn't have a chance of being taken care of because she's a relative of the brothers, the living brothers. So then we say, if we can't take care of one, we're not going to do mitzvah yibum. An idea, I'm throwing it out. I'll chew on it. All the listeners will chew on it. It goes back, what, I, what we're, we're stressing here though is this dual approach to yibum. A primary idea of taking care of the deceased and secondarily, taking care of the deceased's wife as well. On a personal note, in, in my family where both my grandfather and my grandmother were part of the equation, uh, certainly the idea of my, uh, the gra- my grandfather was the Yavam and my grandmother was the Yavama, certainly this idea that my grandfather marrying my grandmother was not only about saving his brother's name, who in my grandparents' case, they did name the firstborn after the deceased brother. But there was also an element of taking care of my grandmother, who was a young woman, who shortly after getting married lost her husband, and here, without any children, she was taken care of by my grandfather. Shabbat Shalom.